When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Brenda Baird, and welcome to Being a Leader Live with Brenda Baird. You know, along with uh, hosting this show, I'm actually a coach of individuals, teams, leaders, small or large organizations. And my sole goal is to partner with people who want to build self-confidence, create clarity in their purpose, and improve satisfaction in their life, work, and career. So I help them find the answers within themselves to make it possible to achieve their dreams. I couldn't be more excited for today's show. My guest today is Steve Beck. He's a recognized national speaker, author, motivator, and most importantly, he's my friend. Steve, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks, Brenda. I appreciate it. It's an honor to to be here with you today, and I, I really appreciate you call me your friend, because I think we are friends. Good. <laughs> we are friends. Yeah. So for listeners who are tuning in for the, the first time, this show basically is about leadership. We explore the topics that are important to being a great leader, and as I have said so many times, I believe we are all leaders somewhere in our lives, and certainly we are the leaders of our own lives. So I know today's show is going to inspire you, so I hope you will take time to reflect on the information that Steve and I will talk about and make some, take some action to lead yourself to live your best life. Our discussion today will start around Steve's expertise, which is in customer service. However, his approach to customer service is an entirely different perspective than most customer service programs. Steve's practical principles actually align with the ideas of core energy coaching. Now, when I say that, what I mean is the core energy coaching ideas and Steve's ideas are around our thoughts, that our thoughts produce feelings or emotions, and that those emotions lead us to certain actions or behaviors. Listeners, I can tell you that I speak from experience. When I say Steve's programs are engaging and lively and funny and transformational, I can speak for that firsthand. So, Steve, welcome again to the show, and thank you so much for what you're going to share with us today. I'm so, I'm just so eager to get started. I was trying to remember, Steve, the first time that we met as I was pulling the show together and doing the marketing, and you were actually working for a corporation that provided seminars and workshops for Motorola two-way radio dealers. And I had just started my own communications business. So I'm guessing the time frame is around 1990, 1991, somewhere in there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, I think it was 2000. 
in 2001. Oh, was it 2000? Oh, okay. Well, in any case, yeah. Well, in any case. You know, 15 years ago, though. Yeah, a long time. Wow. (laughs) In any case, my first experience listening to your customer service program was transformational for me uh, personally. It, It touched me at the core of who I am and how I was being in the world, both professionally and at home. And listeners, I know that may sound a little bit dramatic, but I know once you meet Steve today and you hear his principles, I'm, I'm confident that you're going to, going to agree with me. So I'll uh, point out as you're talking, Steve, the one thing you said that actually bonked me between the eyes, but I'll leave that as a surprise for our listeners. Um, so as I've said before, everyone is a leader somewhere in their life, and most importantly, I think they're a leader of their own life. And if you really don't think of yourself as a leader, then I think you actually limit what you think you can achieve. Steve, I define leading is the way we help people move to action, including ourselves. So the question for people is never really, are you a leader, but how well do you leave? We're going to have some great conversation today. So if you have a question or a comment for me or for Steve Beck, please call. 646-716-9360. And press 1 to get in the queue. Or you can send your questions to Brenda at BrendaBairdCoaching.com and we'll answer them right here on the air. So Steve, let's start off today and tell our listeners a little bit about your background. Well, um, basically I'm a motivational speaker. And I run around the country and do customer service seminars and leadership seminars, as well as other topics like life-work balance and team building and goal setting and coaching, actually, and uh, generational issues. And I do sales training as well. So that's what I do. And um, I'm based out of Chicago, and I love what I do. And the general theme throughout many of those sessions is, Um, how to have a great day every day. And that came out of my customer service seminars um, in which I realized when I was doing a customer service seminar that if you're not having a great day every day, then how can you give somebody exceptional customer service? But then you expand that, Brenda, and, and if you're not having a great day every day, how can you be a great leader or a great brother or sister, mother or father, or manager or supervisor. So having that great day really helps you as an individual do whatever you do throughout the course of that day. So it's so important, yeah. so important. So that's why um, that's what I do, and um, that's the theme throughout those, being your best your every work. day. Be yep. your best, yeah. I've, I've read your books numerous times. Um, just to remind myself of sometimes of the principles and in your book, how to have a great day every day, you write, watch your thoughts. So I wonder, could you please talk about that a little bit more about what watch your thoughts actually means to you and how that works? Yes. Yes. That's a, um, a, a concept of if the listeners today could take your right hand and put it over like a fist, make a, Make a fist over your um, um, head 
and open up your fist as if you had a camera in your hand, and then you take this camera and you watch. So watching yourself means watch your life. Watch your body language. Watch how you walk. Watch how you talk. Watch your thoughts. Watch how you treat people. Watch how kind you are to yourself. How unkind you are to yourself. How reasonable you are. How unreasonable you are. And the more you, it's like a self-awareness. And when that self-awareness hits, what, what happens is that you will continue to do the things that work for you. That means bring you happiness and joy and satisfaction and love in your life. And you will stop doing the things that don't bring those things in your life. It's an, it's an awakening thing. So that's one of the things I, first thing I talk about in that book. You know, watch yourself. Watch everything you do. Yeah. I think it's so funny because when we do see ourselves in photographs and movies and things like that, we really are almost amazed that, is that really how I look or is that really the way I sound? And so to actually in your mind pretend like your hand's the camera and watch everything about yourself uh, is just, you know, spot on in terms of gaining the self-awareness you you need in order to make change. So you also write in that in that same book, How to Have a Great Day Every Day, that the only game worth playing is working on yourself. In fact, you actually have an entire chapter in that book titled Start With Yourself. So talk to us a little bit how that relates to providing good customer service. Well, um, you can't change anybody. All you have to do is look at trying to change your parents when you grew up. You know, and you go, I know, they didn't change. And then we get married, we try to change our spouse. And, you, and you, your friends drive you, some of them drive you crazy in your life. You, you try to change them, and you try to change your, your brothers or sisters growing up. And, and if you looked at it, the, you know, you got to look and think, well, really, they're not going to change. So the only person you can work on or change in your life is you. And the things I say in my seminar is that no one can make you um, feel good about yourself. No one can make you feel happy. No one can make you feel satisfied. No one can lose the weight you want to lose, let's say. No one can make you feel good about your life. No one can make you feel successful or be successful. No one can do that for you. You have to do it yourself. And if you want to look at coaching, which is interesting, um, I had a teacher in life. I met my teacher when I was 23 years old, and I was the vice president and director of operations for the largest options firm in the world. It was called First Options of Chicago. I meet this guy, and he goes, do you think life's about McDonald's and trivia? I'm like, no. He says, do you think life's about getting married and, and having a cute wife, having a bunch of kids, and making a bunch of money, and having a big car and a big house? And I said, yeah, I think so. And he said, wake <laughs> up. I didn't know what he meant. I said, wake up to what I am awake. He said, no, you're not. You don't even know it. You're asleep, and you don't even know it. And it bothered me. So I stuck around for 12 years, and one of the things he said was that that, the only thing you can change is yourself. He also said, on your own, you will not make it. On your own, you will fail. And he wasn't a coach. He didn't have any reason to tell us that. It was just the truth. You know, that if you, yeah. if you go by yourself, you, you need somebody. So, so people that are, um, let's say, overweight, they go to Overeaters Anonymous. People that are into drugs, they go to, you know, elk, uh, drug anonymous things. People that are yes. um, um, 
that want to run in a marathon, they, they get together in a, in a group that does, that does marathon, that running. People that want to ride their bike, they get together with groups that ride their bike. People that want to get better in their life, they find a coach in life. So you just get together with somebody who's going to support you in getting from A to B. A, where you're at, B, where you want to be. So on your own, you're just not going to be able to do it. You need, we need each other to, to go to the next level. Yeah. And like you said, you have to actually, if there's parts of your life that you don't like, there's something situation you're in that you feel like somebody's doing something to you, what you have to really come to realize is that the only person that you can change, the only perspective of the situation you can change is your own. And you're just spinning your wheels if you try to, try to, you know, change somebody else. So how do you see those same principles then about starting with yourself? Um, how do you see that for individuals who actually lead or try to influence others? So what was the question? How do I? How do you see those same principles of starting with yourself and working on yourself? How do you see that uh, sort of lead over to somebody who has to lead or influence other people? Okay. Um, if you're a leader or a manager, let's just say you lead a group. You're, you're a manager and you have a group of people that, that – um, your team, your team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to watch you like crazy. They watch everything you do. And I think Don Shula, the coach of the Miami Dolphins, in 1972 they won every game, they won the Super Bowl. In regards to leadership, he said, if you want to know how to lead, it's by example – that is the only way you lead. So when I say the only person you can work on in this lifetime is you, uh, the more you, you sculpt, you sculpt your life as you go forward and you get better and better and better at sculpting your life at getting better, you'll become a better leader because you're being watched. I'm being watched by my – I have three kids. My three kids are watching me. My wife is watching me. When I do seminars, everybody in the audience is watching me. My friends are watching me. Um, strangers watch. You know, Everybody's watching each other. So am I going to be the kind of person that puts their head down at the end of the day on my pillow and say, oh, what a great day that was? Or am I going to be like, oh, whatever. It's another <laughs> Monday. You know, wah, wah. And yeah. we look at people that are leaders um, and people that are not leaders and, or people that, are, that have a great day every day or people that don't have a great day every day. And I say you create, you create that great day or you create that not such a great day. And that's what is so important for you to watch your life, that sometimes people create drama in their life. And maybe they can't see it, but everybody else can see it. Yeah. And people go, why don't they just stop doing that? Why don't they just change? But if you don't know you need to change, you won't change. You see, that's why it's important, so important for you to watch how you do what you do and get together with somebody that's going to support you, um, a coach or a, a good friend or whatever it might be, that says, hey, man, this doesn't work for you. You should stop doing that. And then you stop doing it. Yeah. You do things that work for you. Yeah. There's actually a, a, a story in – how to have a great day. I don't know if you, you have it in the four thoughts of your mind, but it's about um, what I remember is about a crypt, something about a bishop's crypt. And there, there's something on the front of it about, you know, trying to change the world. And um, does that come to, come to mind for you? 
Oh yeah, that was uh, from the um, uh, the Crypts of the. Let me just see. I I have the book right here. Yeah. It's um. It said when I was Maybe. young and free, the Anglican Bishop of the Crypts of Westminster yeah. Abbey. Can yeah. I read it? it just, yeah, it's, that I, would be great. It says when I was young and free and my imagination had no limits, I dreamed of changing the world. As I grew older and wiser, I discovered the world would not change, so I shortened my sight somewhat and decided to change only my country. But it, too, seemed immovable. As I grew into my twilight years and one last desperate, I settled for changing only my family, those closest to me. But alas, they would have none of it. And now, as I lay on my deathbed, I suddenly realized if I only changed myself first, then by example, I would have changed my family. From their inspiration and encouragement, I would have then been able to better my my country, and who knows, I may have even changed the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you start with yourself, yeah. and hopefully yeah. it'll change the world. Yeah. And don't wait till we're on our deathbed to have that realization that <laughs> starting with ourselves. Uh, I just I've heard that said in so many ways, but I thought that that uh that particular poem or story or whatever uh was really touching for me um so thanks for reading that you know there really is a theme that runs through your work um in your workshops you teach us over and over that if you want success to happen in your life you have to create it for yourself um you also go on to say that we're responsible for creating our own meaning and purpose in our lives that all of that is really uh, left up to us. Um, you have a video that you um, produce called Getting to the Next Level, and you actually have a segment on this. Um, it's called It's All a Game. Um, I wondered if you might share that concept with us about It's All a Game. Well, um, that's one of the things that my teacher said. He said, um, we don't know why we're here. Okay, well, no one ever told you here is the purpose of life. You know, religions sometimes say this is the purpose of life, and um, when you go to school, you might say this is the purpose of this class, or you might on your own think, I don't know, what's the purpose of my life? See, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We, tr- we don't yeah. know why we're here. Human beings, here we are on the planet, we, don't not, we do not know why we're here. So mm-hmm. starting there, <laughs> it's like starting at zero. It could yeah. freak you out. That could freak you out and go, oh, my gosh, I'm, that makes me really nervous. But it shouldn't really make you nervous. It's very exciting because if we don't know why we're here, then we add the purpose to our life. Mm-hmm. And this guy I used to work for about 15 years ago, he says to me, you know, we don't know why we're here. I said, yeah, I know, I know, I know that. He goes, I got a game. I got a game that if we play it, everybody wins. I go, what, what, everybody wins? I love this. What, what is it? He said, you just serve people. They win by being served. You win by serving them. Mm. Win-win. I'm like, I love it. So that's one of the premises in my customer service seminar. Do it for you. They'll get value. Those clients, those members, if you're a credit union, those customers, will all those guests, if it's guest service, they'll get value. But you're the one that's going to get the most value out of it. And that's the difference in my customer service seminars. I don't say do it for yeah. the company. But the company will, will benefit. Don't do it for the customer, although the customer will benefit. Don't do it for the uh, for the uh, uh, coworkers. 
but the coworkers will benefit. Don't do it for your family even. But your family will benefit. Do it for you. <laughs> Make it something that you want to do. Yeah. And when you want to do that, they all get value. So it's yeah. It, I think that we, we can create whatever it is that we want in our life. I mean, what what um what do you want? You want to be happy? You want to be satisfied? Then then go out and do that. Go out and be satisfied. Be so. For instance, one of the things I do is um, when I was younger, you know, twenty years ago, I used to say, "I am extremely confident. I am extremely confident." I'm extremely, I kept saying that over and over and over again. And then I went from the back of the room to the front of the room. Next thing you know, I'm in front of the room. Yeah. Next thing, and it worked. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's really just that, that concept of believing in yourself, in, in thinking the right thoughts, and setting your own meaning and purpose in your life, and then go do it. You know, incrementally, what are the things I need to do? to make that happen. You know, so often in my coaching practice, I see clients that actually just get really stuck in the status quo, like their life or their work, they just become so routine to them that they don't, they don't even think that there's another way, you know, of doing something, even if what they're doing isn't actually working for them. So they'll often come to coaching because they don't understand why their life isn't fulfilling or they may lack some confidence to take the steps to to make a change and your work focuses on having these positive thoughts and you wrote this very clever analogy about planting seeds and the law of attraction and um, there's just so much of your book that I want to share so I know we're not going to get to it but if that's also at, at the forefront of your mind this analogy you made about planting seeds I think is so clever in sort of describing what it is that we're trying to say here about have a positive thought, say you're confident and you'll be confident. So would you share that with us? Can I talk about that for a second? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. The, the, the concept of, of a, the garden, let's say, if you want to create a garden um, and you don't plant any seeds. See, to me, planting seeds is, is playing offense, is doing something to get something. If you yeah. do not plant any seeds in your mind or any seeds in your garden, you're going to get, and I ask people, what do you think you're going to get? And some people go, nothing. And I go, no, 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 you will get something. And then the other ones go, weeds. You get weeds. You're done right. You get weeds. And if we could uh, associate weeds with negative thoughts, see, if you don't play offense, if you don't act on your own to put in, to have positive seeds, positive thoughts out there, you're going to get negative thoughts. I mean, if you look at the news and you look at um, TV shows that are kind of silly and stupid and, and people that are negative and kind of the law of attraction, if you begin to not do anything and have negative things and negative people around you, you're going to be negative. Yeah. If you want to play offense and say, wait a minute, no, I don't want to be that way. I want to change my life. I want to be more positive. I want to be healthier. I want to be happier. I want to be more satisfied, then you have to do something, Brenda. You, you know this. You can't just yeah. hang out and, and hope it all works out. You have to do something. So you begin to not watch, don't, don't watch so much news or don't watch the, the uh, television so much. And in fact, a young girl who was 25 years old said to me before your seminar, I'm not kidding you, she said, my husband and I used to watch 
five hours of news a night. Mm. And I thought, how could she watch five hours a night? And then she said, after your seminar, we only watch a half hour now. We only watch a half hour on news. But we used to just watch all news programs all night long. She goes, I said, Did it, how, how was it? She said, it, it have totally changed my life for the positive. I'm like, good for you. So if you begin to affirm your day and begin to say, I'm going to have a great day, or I'm really confident, or I'm going to knock the ball out of this park today with this presentation I'm doing, and stay on the positive side of things, hang around with positive people, watch positive programs, then you will program yourself in a positive way and the law of attraction will change from negative to positive. Yeah. So you will then have a positive life and you will begin to have the things you want. You'll be satisfied, you'll be happy, you'll be healthier, you'll be, you know, you'll have more fun in your life. You'll be less stressed. And I think that some people don't realize that. They go, this is too easy. But unless you do it, you won't know if it works or not. Yeah. I think a lot of times people think they have to tolerate the negativity in their life. You know, for example, watching the news. I'm supposed to watch the news so I know what's going on in the world. I'm supposed to to do this. Uh, I'm in this relationship. I have these family members. I have this situation at work. And I'm just going to have to cope with it. And they do have choice in that. They have choice about how they think about it, how they look at the situation, who they hang around, what they watch, where they work. We have choice in all of that. Um, And so to your point, the seeds we plant in our own mind are going to grow. And if we don't do anything, we're going to grow. Absolutely. We're going to grow some weeds of negative thoughts. No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. And they grow quick, don't they? Weeds, I mean, you don't even... Oh. I have Absolutely. weeds in my garden at home. I'm always picking the weeds. I'm like, these things grow faster than anything else. So. Yeah. They don't need the care and uh, fertilizer and attention. They just grow on their own in the worst conditions, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, exactly. It's the same with their mind, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so have a great day every day. The book helps us sort of provide great customer service. It serves as a foundation for for great leadership. In that book, you offer up a lot of recommendations on some things that people can do to improve their chances of having a great day every day. Um, Could you share with us some of those recommendations of the things we can do to sort of help our chances of having a great day? The most positive thing that I do every day that I wake up in the morning and I pray with a cup of coffee for a half hour. Mm. After I pray, I meditate for a half hour. And um, I was told to meditate about 25 years ago. You should meditate. It'll it'll make you um, uh, more focused. It'll make you more centered. It'll it'll you'll be a bit better listener. And I don't meditate seven days a week, but I meditate about five days a week. And it um, it really helps me be centered. It helps me be a better listener, a better father. That means a better father than a better husband, than a you know a better friend because I'm a good listener, a better a business person because I'm a better listener. See, so yeah. a better, better customer service person. And then I affirm my day, and I'm going to take out this out of my pocket, my back pocket right here. Let's see, watch. This is a little sheet of paper I have, and on it it's a regular sheet of paper that I, on the upper right-hand corner says Friday, August 12th, 2016, and it's got 12 things I write out every day. So I think them, write them, 
underline them, and say them out loud. Here's the first wow. one. Number one, every day. Number one says, today is an excellent day. I'm at my very best all day and all night long. Now, when you write things out, something happens inside of you that begins to trigger certain things inside of you to get your subconscious mind beginning to have those things come to fruition. So instead yeah. of me waking up thinking, gee, I hope it's going to be a good day. I mean, in fact, I talked to some guy, it was in California, and I said to him, uh, he goes, great day every day, huh? I go, yeah. I wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to have a great day today. He says he was in construction. He goes, I get up in the morning and have coffee, and I begin to worry about all the things that are going to go wrong that day. <laughs> I said, yeah. Let me, let me ask you what happens. He said, most of them don't come true. They go wrong. <laughs> I said, maybe you should stop thinking like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, so the number two is um, because I, I don't want to have an okay day. I want to have an excellent day today. The only thing that changes on this list is the type of day. Sometimes I say today's yeah. an awesome day. Sometimes I say today's a great day. But that's it. Yeah. Today was excellent. Yeah. So number two is I'm patient. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we have a caller, actually, that's calling in. So if you don't mind. I'd like to take this call and see what this person's question it. is. Let's do it. Great. All right. So I'm I'm talking about a caller with the last four digits of 9114. Your mic is going live. So tell us your name and where you're from. Caller, are you there? Oh, they hung up. Well, the hold time might have been too long. So let's get back to what we can do every day. So okay. the second and, thing. And, yep. And, and, and if anybody else calls, just interrupt me and we'll grab that call right away. Okay, thanks. Okay. Now, number two on this list says, I am patient, positive, persistent, powerful, organized, caring, focused, effective, efficient, productive, disciplined. Now, let's look at this in terms of, I can say to you, Brenda, whatever you want me to be. How about a, a father? Wouldn't a father? Wouldn't it be good to have a father who's patient, positive, persistent, powerful, organized, caring, loving, effective? You'd say yes. How about a manager or a leader? Patient, positive, persistent, powerful, organized, caring, focused. I mean, yeah. I want to work for somebody who's effective, who's efficient, who's productive, who's disciplined, who's considerate, who's understanding, who's supportive, and courageous. That's just number two. So yeah. I want to be those things to, to my wife, to, to, uh, to my kids, to, to the people I speak to, to my friends, to myself, to my extended family, my brothers and sisters when I see them. I want to be a leader out there with them. I want to be an example. I already am an example, and so is everybody else. They might think, no, I'm not an example. Yeah, you are. Do yeah. you know that, to the, to the listeners out there, do you know that what you say to your nieces and nephews sometimes carry more weight than their parents, what they say? They're like, Uncle Jerry and sis, how you doing? They, they, you, you come over to the house, they love seeing you. And whatever you say is like, you know, you, they go, how you doing? How's your job? And you go, oh, shut up, my job's horrible. You know, they go, oh, great, okay, well, that's how I'm going to be when I get, get older. You know, versus, versus I love my life. It's great. It's fabulous. You know, and they go, okay, great, because they, they we're an example. 
for an example. Yeah. Number three on my list says, I'm in excellent health and weigh 190 pounds. I started doing this when I weighed 205, and it bothered me. I wanted to weigh 195. So the last time I weighed myself, I was 196. So I figured, now I'm going to 190 just to see, just to have a little discipline in my life, Brenda. Um, yeah. I'm an excellent keynote speaker, facilitator, instructor, seminar leader, consultant, and trainer. Um, number nine says I'm a wonderful father, brother, son, husband, friend, coworker, author, uncle, student, teacher. And what I'm doing, what I call this, is reprogramming the program. Because mm. when I was younger, um, I was the youngest of six kids. And whoever you are, you might be the oldest, you might be the middle child, you might be the, the youngest, whatever kind of um, world you grew up in. I think we're a product of our environment. Okay, whether you yeah. grew up in the 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s, there's that. And we're, we're, we're a product of, of the friends we had, of the family we had, of the TV we watched, of the, you know, the, the culture of the time. So, so when I've been thinking about this recently, I'm thinking, well, I have a certain point of view about life. And I think, well, maybe my point of view is not, you know, my truth is not the truth. You know, my truth is just the truth that I see through these lenses of when I grew up. Yeah. Maybe I should look at life in a little bigger, a bigger way and think um, and, and listen to other people's point of view. Like right now we got Republicans and Democrats. They want to fight each other. And, you know, uh, yeah. um, people that are poor and people that are rich and people that are and it's all like me versus you. And what I yeah. want to live in is a world of me and you. That we're yeah. all in this together. And the only way I can have a relationship with you and be your friend, Brenda, is if I unattach myself from my point of view and listen to you from your point of view. Yeah. And if I'm stuck, 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 stuck on my point of view, and it's really hard, I, you, I can't listen to you. If I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican, I'm like, you're nuts! Or if I'm a Republican and you're a Democrat, you're, what's the matter with you? And I won't be able to even listen yeah. to you. So yeah. we are, a lot of us are stuck on our point of view and want to beat each other up, you know, because yeah. that, that's going to work really from my point of view. I'm gonna, I'll beat you up, you know, but that, that doesn't work. Yeah. So working no. together and seeing what works in your life and doesn't work in your life and beginning to affirm your day saying this is the kind of things I want in my life. This is the kind of life I want to have. And I am, you know, I, I had a, in my younger days, I had a, a best friend killed when I was 13 and then my brother was killed when I was 14. So I had, if you'd call this a gift, I mean, I hate to call it a gift, but it was the, um, something given to me on a platter, meaning that I'll show you that life can be taken away that fast. And if, fast. And if, so I had that. Now I, now I appreciate every day. So I don't let their lives go in vain. I say, I'm going to appreciate today. I'm going to have a great day today. I'm going to honor my mother and father they're both gone, but I'm going to show them that nine months before I was born was no mistake. There was no, they might have had a little fun, but hey, guess who popped out nine months later? I did. <laughs> and here we are. So, I mean, I'm looking at life as a gift, a gift of, I have this wonderful gift called life, and I've got today, I've got, it's called August 12th. And it's Friday. Oh, my gosh. And, and I hope I make it to August 13th tomorrow. And if I don't, well, whatever. But today I'm going to really enjoy it. And if my eyes open up tomorrow morning, I go, oh, oh, my gosh, another day. 
and I and I have in my house, in my house, it says, "Wake up at dawn and give thanks for another day of loving." And I gotta tell you, I live, and you know this, I, I live in a, in a delusional world of love. I think we were put on the earth to love each other, to have fun, yeah. to love each other, to have a great time. And when we get so stuck in our point of view, and, oh, life's, life's terrible, and I don't like Mondays, like, wait a minute, you, you missed the point. There's yeah. nothing as a Monday. You know, there's no, yeah. Mondays are, there's no, just have a, have a great time today, right now, this moment. And yeah. um, that is the awakening of watching yourself and how you do what you do. Because I tell people, if you, you, you don't like Mondays, Mondays own you. You are not in charge of your life. That's and right. People, some people like that. Some people don't like it. They're like, they, they feel offended that I say that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it's true, I think. You know, there's no such thing as a Monday. Yeah. You, Mondays, Fridays, Saturdays, whatever. It's today. It's this, you're, you're, you've, you've yeah. this gift of life. And then you share that with others. And I don't mean yeah. beat them up with it. I don't mean ram it down their throat. I mean, you just, yourself, by your example, you celebrate life. Celebrate life. You know, it's so true. I actually had a coaching client who, um, first of all, she's given me permission to share her story, but she actually, as a young girl, um, had an aunt that she absolutely adored. And she was at a picnic and um, she stumbled and her aunt was there and her and this aunt said to her, oh, you clumsy little girl. And she sort of thought about it and then she went on. Later in the day, she fell down, and the aunt said again to her, oh, you're so clumsy, you fall down all the time. And she picked her up and dusted her off. And then that evening, as as this picnic was wrapping up, she walked up to this woman who meant the world to her. And, of course, this woman loved this child. But what the woman says to her is, there's my clumsy little niece. And that stuck in that woman's mind all of her childhood all of her adult life to the point that she would not put herself out there to do anything that required any kind of physical activity because she told herself, I'm clumsy. I'm going to fall down and I'll be embarrassed. And so you're so right about how our thoughts can come from where we're raised and what we hear and what we see, especially when we're children. Um, and the really great news about it is that we can decide. Um, of course, this woman wasn't clumsy, but she had this belief that she was clumsy because this very important person in her formative years, you know, told her that. And so a lot of my clients will come to me and they'll just be stuck in these old patterns of thinking and these old beliefs like Mondays are bad, um, and you really just have to help them as a coach to sort of uncover that story that they tell themselves over and over when situations happen, when things feel familiar, and that, that are preventing them from living the life that they deserve to live. Like you said, living it to its fullest and being happy. You have so brilliantly described for us how our thinking affects our life around us and you know, in, in our own lives and, and how we are the example of how other people may look, look and say, well, wonder why they're so happy. And then they can come to realize that they can be, be happy too. So let me check our 
inbox here to see if we have any email questions. And we do actually, Steve, we have an email email question. So let me remind everyone, if you want to call into the show, you can do that, 646-716-9397. There's a little voice in your head telling you to not call in. <laughs> Ignore it. Step out. Enjoy yourself. Get a dose of Steve Beck for yourself. It'll be a great opportunity get your own personal dose of inspiration. But here we have an email from Sharon in Indiana. And she says, how can I break the worry habit? Every time something doesn't go right, I feel like people think I'm to blame. Uh, That's a great question. Want to try to tackle that one, Steve? Yeah, I I would love to know. Who, who's who, who those who those people are, but uh, I guess that we can't go into that. But um, what was the question again? How, how how can I break the worry habit? The worry habit. Okay, good. Um, my daughter, young when she was fourteen, sent a sent a little note to my wife and said, "Dear Mom, worrying it's it's like a rocking chair." fun to do but it won't get you anywhere <laughs> i love that because my wife would worry a little too much i think about the kids it's like a rocking chair it's fun to do but it doesn't you know it's not free um i i had a uh a woman send me an email yesterday and it said um can you help out my son can you give me a, a motivational quote his He's got a five-month-old baby, and his wife just left him, five months mm. old. And she's moving from Ohio to Chicago, back to Chicago. What can we? You can you help my son out? And I just said, well, when really bad things happen to me in my life, I've always said this is it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I'd have to have create faith in myself, faith in God, faith in the situation. Just. Faith, it's going to be okay. Um, I, I think you have to develop confidence in yourself. That's how come I use this um, um, affirmations every day. And I say, today's going to be a great day, and I feel patient, and I feel positive, and I feel courageous. So I don't have to worry. You can either worry or not worry, and worry is a choice. I know it's the people that worry, they go, no, it's not. But it, it is, really. It's a choice. You just... If I should just say, just stop worrying, seems too easy. But let's look at um, two people that grew up in a house where, because tr- this triggered the um, the story you read about that woman that, that kind of touched, my, broke my heart. I wanted to, you know, it's a clumsy story. Um, yeah. So two people grow up in the same house. They have the same parents, the same food same brothers and sisters, the same religion, the same school, the same people that come over, friends, and friends of their brothers and sisters. And one person thinks at the end that life's horrible, and one person thinks when they get older, life's fabulous. So it's not, I say, it's not what happened to you in life. It's the choices that you make as a result of what happened to you in life. So I decided, I had the same parents, let's say, as my brother, and I think that, hey, life's great. He might think, ah, life's not so great. Mom was kind of a jerk when we were growing up. I thought mom was great. Of course, mom was the same mom. So 
I think you either worry about life, and, and I worry, and I've got to say that I do worry. Here's what happens. I worry about my business, and then it all works out. Then I worry about my mm-hmm. business, then it all works out. Then I worry about my business, and it all works out, and I say to myself, what if I didn't worry? And part of me goes, no, 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 you better stop and don't think about not worrying. Worrying gets you to act. But if worrying doesn't serve you, I would recommend not doing it. Yeah. And then have some kind of affirmations that say, I'm extremely confident. I'm very yeah. confident. I feel great today. And you fight off the negative with the positive. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. I mean, I fly a lot. So I sometimes see planes that, you know, they go on fire, they crash. And I always kind of laugh and I think, that'll never happen to me. <laughs> I mean, it might, but I, but I always think the positive. Oh, that'll never happen to me. Um, yeah. Because I want to think positively. I don't want to uh, be fearful because I know if fear enters my and worry enters my head, then th- it's going to be in charge. Yeah. So I don't want it to be in charge of my life. Sorry about the, the fire truck going by. Um, That's okay. I want to be in charge of my happiness and my and my uh, satisfaction in life versus versus worry. So worry is an option you have. Yeah. It really is. I think when I read this email, the word that that stands out to me is habit, which, um, you know, without having more information from Sharon from Indiana, what I imagine is that we do, she's doing it every day, all day, worrying about what's going to happen. And I think the habit piece of this, exactly to your point, sometimes you do have to um, think about and plan for uh, plan B. What's plan B going to be if this doesn't work and we have to do that? And then you let it go and it all works out. And I I read in your book, you know, 70% of what we worry about doesn't even happen anyway. So, you know, what's the point of putting all that energy, all that fear energy towards what we don't even think is going to really happen when we could put that energy towards something else like, like you said, loving other people. (laughs) because <laughs> you only, you know, you only have so much energy too. And if you exhaust your energy level every day by worry, then you don't have anything left in your bank to be available for the people you love. I just call so it we, playing offense so that you, you yeah. play offense versus def- defense is letting the worry get the best of you. Offense is saying, I feel great today. I feel confident today. I'm not going to yeah. worry today. And that's yeah. playing offense. Some, it's exactly yeah. what you're talking about. We also have an email from Sherry, who's right here in Tennessee, which is where I am. Thank you, Sherry, for your email. And she says, can you give me a few tips to avoid stress and burnout? By the time I go home, I feel miserable at the end of the day, and I just want to be left alone. And my husband is mad. Ah, (laughs) that's a good one. Stress and burnout so much. That when you go home, you take it with you when you go home. Oh, I have loads, lots of things to say about this. Yeah. Here's a couple things. Just a, what I, I do, uh, life work balance seminars. And um, I overdid it in 2007. I had a little mini stroke. And it was a TIA, a transient ischemic attack. So I got a, you know, t- um, I got checked out, and I began to get massages once a month. 
Now I get massages once a quarter. I began to take supplements, and I take vitamin C every day because vitamin C boosts your immune system, so you're healthier. And then the main thing, and this is important for Sherry to know, that I got enough sleep at night. So if I... Uh, if I if I need eight, I get eight. If I need seven, I get seven. And I don't know how much sleep anybody, any of the listeners have uh, on this that are listening. If you need seven hours of sleep to be your best, then get seven. If you need eight, then yeah. get eight. You know, so that you you feel great throughout the course days. So the day doesn't get the best of you. Now, you come home and you're miserable, and your husband gets mad. I would say, you know what, to my husband, I, I I'm. Can you give me fifteen minutes just to to have me, you know, change clothes or whatever, get out of this and, and, and somehow get myself in the right frame of mind. Um, Sherry, I wrote a book called Leave Your Funk at the Door. And <laughs> yeah. I talk about leave your funk at the door at work. So when you come to work, um, and I say the people that you work with don't deserve it. Don't deserve your, oh, you wouldn't, wouldn't believe what happened to me at, at home and my kids and my husband or my wife or my, you know, like that. And then I also say when you come home at the end of the night, when you come in to see the people that you love, your your wife or your husband or your kids are there, uh, leave your funk um, at, you know, at the door when you come home because they want you. They don't want yeah. your funk. They want you. So um, some people work out before they come home or some people scream and yell in the car before they get home or some people realize halfway home that they're going to leave their funk from work at work and then refocus on home some people listen to beautiful music and you know anything to get rid of that funk before they come home because life's tough and life is more difficult i mean work is more stressful than ever these days because of the great recession and here's what happened in the great recession people got laid off so I can't tell you how many people have said to me, and I'm sure they've said it to you, Brenda. Steve, they go, um, the person that I work with, they, they got laid off. We replaced them. I'm doing two people's work. Yeah. This person retired. They never hired anybody for this guy. I'm doing two people's work. So many people are doing one and a half to two, sometimes two, two and a half times the work they used to do. Are they stressed? Yes. Are they doing a lot of work? Yes. Are they exhausted at the end of the day? Yes. Mm-hmm. But you've got to take care of yourself physically and emotionally for that. Um, mm-hmm. So vitamins, nutrients, sleep, and remember to leave your funk at the door because the people that you live with and work with don't deserve mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That was really the the part of the workshop that I saw way back 2000, 2001, that just knocked me between the eyes because I was running a hundred miles an hour, running my own business, trying to get it off the ground, trying to get staff up to speed to run the business when I couldn't be there. And I had two young children who were in sports and I didn't want to miss their games. And Tom and I were just running from one direction to the other. And when you said, leave your funk at the door, when they, you come home at the end of the day, they want you, not your funk. Woo, I had to sit back in my chair, and it really had a profound impact on me because you're right. The people around us don't deserve our our funk, <laughs> all those weeds that we pull. <laughs> they don't want them either. <laughs> and, you know, and I think so many times people that they don't even know 
um, that they think negatively. I mean, they just don't even realize the unconsciousness of thinking negatively. And another thing that was so profound in one of your workshops was this exercise that you call the blue dot exercise. Um, and we have about 10 minutes left of our show. If, if you have time, I'd, I'd love for you to walk us through that. I think the listeners would really enjoy it. Great. Perfect. Perfect. So if you are listening right now and you, if you could grab a piece of paper, um, a blank, a blank piece of paper and put it in front of you. And I don't know if you have a blue marker, a blue pen. If you don't have a blue marker and a blue pen, it's fine. But if you do have a blue marker, a blue pen, I appreciate it. So, you take uh, a little blue, uh, the blue marker, and you put a dot in the middle of the page. Okay, so I just did it right here. So, and then you cover up. So you have a white piece of paper um, with a little blue dot on it, and then you cover up the blue dot. And I'm going to say to you, "Hey, you know what? There was a. I'm going to show you a picture of a, of a of a blue. It was a blue wall. I took a picture of it. A blue wall, and and I painted it white." And I want to know what you think about it. And you take your hand away right now, and what you see is a blue dot. And if I told you that, you'd say, hey, you missed a spot. What are you so excited about? You painted this wall, but you missed a spot. And, and the theory is that we have a tendency to notice what's wrong, what's wrong mm-hmm. in people and what's wrong in ourselves. So let's talk about you and a friend in a car and you pull up to a four-way stop. If you and your friend, together, you're in the, together in the same car, and you pull up to a four-way stop, and all four cars stop, and then one car goes, you wouldn't think twice. You wouldn't say a word to each other. But if you pull up to that four-way stop, and one of the cars blew through the stop sign, you'd be like, whoa, look at that. The car went through. And you'd notice when it went through. If you went into somebody's house, and all the pictures on the wall were straight, you wouldn't say to the person, do you know that all the pictures on the wall are straight in your house? The person would be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? But if a picture was crooked, you'd walk in and go, what? and they'd be like, it'd get your attention. If you're having lunch with somebody, and you know they're about to have an interview, and they're eating salad, and all of a sudden a piece of purple salad goes in their teeth, you're gonna go. Well, I you I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you something. You you got something in your teeth. You got and it would drive you crazy. Um, if they didn't have anything in their teeth, you wouldn't look over to them and say, "I gotta tell you something. There's nothing in your teeth." They'd be like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so we have a tendency to notice what's wrong in people and in things and in ourselves. Um, it's demonstrated by when you look in the mirror in the morning, and when you look in the mirror, it's, does, it, does it like this? You get you look in the mirror and you go, Good morning, good to see you. First thing in the morning, right? Look at your teeth are so white. Oh, look at your <laughs> hair. You look great today. Oh, you're getting younger and you're a little thinner. <laughs> or when you look in the mirror in the morning, you look in the mirror and you go, Oh boy. Look at you. <laughs> you look at your teeth and you go, Oh great and you look at your, your face and you I got new wrinkles. Oh my god, I'm getting old and I'm getting chunky, lay off the donuts. And all you can see is what's wrong with you. And that blue dot that you have on that piece of paper is in fact your funk, your junk, your mistakes, your regrets, your problems in life. Got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it. The white space 
around that blue dot is how wonderful you are and how thoughtful you are and how great life is and how much you have to appreciate in life and how powerful you are and what a great mother you are, brother you are, father you are, son you are, aunt you are, daughter you are, how great your life is. Hmm. So the question is, how big is your blue dot? And some people just have a huge blue dot in life. You go, how you doing today? What's going on? They go, that's Monday. You go, hey, <laughs> we're going to play golf tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah, but it'll probably rain. <laughs> hey, you won the lottery, right? Did, I, I, that's right. I heard you won the lottery. Yeah, but you got to pay tax on that money. <laughs> so it's like their life is a blue dot. You know, life is yeah. not as bad as they make it out to be on television or some people talk about it. I want to look at life as the good stuff, that I'm breathing, that I'm alive, that I can see, I can hear, I can taste, I can feel. My senses are working. I, You know, I'm healthy. I, you know, I want to look at all the good white space in my life yeah. and then be thankful for that. You know, wake up at dawn and be thankful for another day of loving. Yep. You know? So that's you know, that, that stress, have, stress will go away that way. Yeah. One of the things that I kind of have about the blue dot, Steve, is that, you know, how big is your blue dot, I think, is a profound question for everyone. So you look at that white piece of paper and you say, my blue dot, it, you know, takes up most of the paper. And, and other people, their blue dot may be just, a, you know, a dot, a, a ink dot from the top of their pen. But I, I do believe whatever lives inside of the blue dot, one way to make it smaller is to recognize it and, and put some light on it and appreciate it and be thankful for it because it has made you who you are. And when you begin to do that, that blue dot will begin to shrink, I believe, you know, just by putting the light on it and just appreciating it instead of continually living it. Like you say, I won the lottery. Well, I got to take taxes, you know, just to say, wow, I'm so grateful I won the lottery. <laughs> Makes the blue dot smaller, right? So, I mean, yep. you, we all have a blue dot. There's no doubt very few of us, maybe you, <laughs> but very few of us have a complete white piece of paper. There's always a little blue dot somewhere. But just looking at that and appreciating it for having made us who we are, and oftentimes that ad, you know, bad thing that happened to us is the very thing that gives us our strength today just as the loss of your brother made you really appreciate life so Mm -hmm. your blue dot shrunk because of that so you know one of the we we're running close out of time here but one of the things you mentioned in your book is that people should get support you mentioned it earlier about you know getting support for anything that you're trying to achieve in your goals um there's a segment in your video, uh, Getting to the Next Level, where you talk about the five ways people can actually get support to achieve their goals. Would you mind sharing those with us? Wow. I'm not sure if I remember what they are. Do you do you oh. know what they are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you talked about um, the affirmations, you know, to have affirmations every day to take care of yourself physically, uh, to meditate, um, 
I can't remember the fourth one, but I know one of them was to get a life coach, which is what triggered me to ask you that question. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 that's right. I mean, it's important for you to, like I said before, um, like my teacher said, on your own, you won't be able to make it. I mean, I had to coach him for 12 years, and he was brutal with me sometimes. He would tell me the absolute truth. One time he told me, when you look at me, don't have your eyes go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, when you look at me, your eyes go back and forth, and it looks as though you don't trust me. I said, I trust you. He said, but I don't think you do when you do that. I was like, wow. I had 12 years of of things like that, but I didn't know I did that until he told me. And a coach will just simply share with you, like, and ask you questions. That's what they do. Coaches ask you questions, needless to say. So so, So you have an awareness, more of an awareness of yourself. The more awareness you have of yourself, the better you'll be. So yeah. coaches are invaluable. Yeah. No doubt. I, you can't they really... assess a situation when you're in the middle of it. You can't assess a situation in the middle of it. So what a coaching does is you stop your life, you talk to a coach, the coach asks you questions, then you go, oh, this is where I'm at. And the coach yep. says, where do you want to be in the next session? Where do you want to be in a, a month, six months, in a year? And you go, I don't know. Coaches, think about it. You, then you begin to say, this is where I want to be. And the coach assists you to get there. It's like two plus yeah. two equals four. Right. Yep. And all those answers are actually inside ourselves to begin with. We just need someone to help pull the weeds out and let us, you know, fertilize the soil and look forward in a forward thinking manner and see all the white space in our life. So a coach certainly can help you to do that. Listeners, if you've enjoyed the show today and you want more information about Steve or how to order Steve's books, there's two books, actually, How to Have a Great Day Every Day and Leave Your Funk at the Door, which is one of my favorites. Plus, he has a video called Getting to the Next Level. All his books, his videos, and more information about Steve can be found on his website. Check out the e-store to buy the book. It's Beck, B-E-C-K, Seminars.com. So that's BeckSeminars.com. Or you can Google Steve Beck and Steve pops up at the top. So join me again on Being a Leader Live with Brenda Baird next Tuesday, a week, two weeks from today, Tuesday, August 23rd at 1 p.m., 12 p.m. Central Time, when we'll discuss leading when you're not a boss. It takes a lot of skill and patience to do that. So as we're wrapping up the show, Steve, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners about how to have a great day every day? Yes. Do things that bring you joy. Once you find things that bring you joy, do them often. So you enjoy your life. It's I-N-J-O-I. Ah, beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. As I said, my next show is Tuesday, August 23rd. Check out Steve's website for for more information. I think Steve also has a Facebook and Twitter page. Is that right, Steve? I do. Facebook. Ah, yes, I guess so. Yes, I do. Uh, Beck Uh Beck and Associates is the the, uh, page. Then I have a Steve Beck Facebook page, too. 
great. So check out BeckSeminars.com, and you can get all information about Steve there. Or you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter. It's at Brenda Baird Coaching. Or check out my website, BrendaBairdCoaching.com. That's where the radio archive shows are at. And you can get a link on my website to hear this show again uh, or any of the other past shows that we have. Steve, it has been such a pleasure having you today. We just scratched the surface of the valuable insights that you can bring to individuals or organizations. So I hope you'll come back again for another show and we'll we'll bring up some other topics. It would be my pleasure, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me on today. You bet. It was a great show. So listeners, thank you for tuning in to Being a Leader. And I think with that, that's a wrap, Tommy. And until next time, be safe and have fun. Bye-bye, Steve. Bye, Brenda. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.